you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Today, I would like to talk to you guys about magic. As you already may suspect, I'm not talking about stage magic, the kind that Chris Angel or David Blaine and David Copperfield perform. I'm talking about magic with a K. Magic today continues to have a bad reputation. Many people think that it's evil, or that it's performed for only evil purposes. Or worse, they think that practitioners of magic are just plain make-believe, and they associate it to things that they've seen on movies, such as Harry Potter. But of course, it's none of those things. Although there is such a thing known as baneful magic, which has to do with the intentions of causing harm, magic in general isn't necessarily evil. Alright, so to begin and to recap, let's define what magic is. If you ask Aleister Crowley, who was a well-known English occultist, writer, and poet, also nicknamed the wickedest man in the world, he defined magic as the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. If you ask me to define magic, I would say magic is simply focusing your energy with intent and sending that energy out into the universe to affect your life and the world. And by those definitions, I'm here to tell you that magic exists. And magic is very real. And every one of us is capable of doing magic. In fact, each and every single one of us does do magic every single day. With every thought, every word, and every action. And as I've mentioned before, the only difference is some of us do it subconsciously and a magician does it intentionally. Alright, so before we get into our topic of sympathetic magic, I feel we should briefly recap and go over the differences between white magic and black magic. White magic doesn't equal good and black magic doesn't equal evil. To put it simply, white magic deals with the spiritual, and black magic deals with the material, the physical. Many people, however, confuse black magic with baneful magic. Baneful magic is the type performed intentionally to cause harm to other beings. So for example, if white magic deals with the spiritual, 
there is such a thing as baneful white magic. Whenever you desire to rob someone intentionally of their happiness or rob them of that feeling of love, you are performing baneful white magic. Whenever you want to inflict sadness or insecurity or fear, you are performing baneful white magic. You are wanting to affect their spirit, their soul, their emotion, because your intention and focus are on the spiritual. Many, many times this is done when people attempt love spells. This is just another reason of why it's important to know thyself. What are your insecurities? What are your fears? What are your desires? And for what purpose? This is why when you start practicing magic, you should already have some insight of yourself, right? You should already have started the great work of knowing thyself. Magic should be handled responsibly. Now let's say you have a family member in the hospital and you decide to pray for their speedy recovery. Well, you are practicing black magic. Black magic deals with the physical, the material world. You are focusing your energy and intention on their physical health. That's black magic. In magic, you also have theurgy and thaumaturgy. Theurgy is when magicians practice and perform magic to raise their consciousness, to become one with source, and to ascend spiritually. It's to reach enlightenment and become aligned with source. Thaumaturgy, on the other hand, is the use of magical practices to improve your life here in this physical world. If you ask me, I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those. Because I believe that there are lessons to be learned on either path. But now that we've gone over and recapped some of the basics in magic. Let's move on to our topic of today. Sympathetic magic. Alright, so what is sympathetic magic? It's the belief that a person can be affected magically by actions performed towards something that represents them. Of course, the first thing that comes to most people's minds are voodoo dolls, or poppets. And you're not wrong if you thought that, but there's a little bit more to it. Alright, well, firstly, sympathetic magic can be broken down into two parts. And that would be the law of similarity, and the law of contact and or contagion. The law of similarity that they talk about I associate to the hermetic principle of correspondence. So, your inner world attracts your outer world. In the most basic terms, like attracts like. 
So in sympathetic magic, objects and or rituals are used that are symbolically linked to the focus of intent, the subject, person, or event one hopes to influence. Here's one example. Let's say you want to cleanse your space and energy and or you want to get rid of someone. And I mean just push someone away from your life. If you're into crystals, you're probably going to like this one. So we know that clear crystal quartz is used to amplify energy, and it's also used to cleanse and purify energy. It can also be used for protection. What you're going to want to do is set your crystal somewhere where you'll be able to move it. Because each day, for about two weeks or a month, you're going to move that crystal away from you. Just one little step away each time. That crystal is going to represent that cleansing and protective energy. And the action of you moving it away from you every single day will push away that person and their energy away from your life. Some magical operations are more complex and require a lot more energy. But this is something very simple and something anyone can practice. This next example might be a little bit more darker. It's something that I would consider as baneful white magic. But let's say someone's bothering you. Someone's giving you just a really rough time and they won't leave you alone. And you just maybe want to diminish their energy. This would be where dolls and or puppets come in. You can make a doll with cotton balls and or tissue with the intention that this doll represents that specific person. You really should spend your time and energy to charge these materials. But once the doll is created, every single day, you're going to tear away a little piece of that doll. Again, with the intention that you are diminishing their energy every single time you tear that little piece off. This is going to become a ritual because you will be doing this every single day until the doll is destroyed. And if you put enough focus, intention, and energy, you will notice the changes. Is it morally right? Well, that's a great question. We should each individually ask ourselves. Because reality is subjective. It's based on your own personal experiences, beliefs, opinions, and feelings. But sympathetic magic also serves as the basis for most folk medicine. Really. Plants perceived as resembling a body part are believed to have the capacity to heal that specific part. For example, walnuts are said to be good for your brain. If you've ever cracked open a walnut and looked at it as a whole, you'll notice that it does indeed resemble a whole brain. 
tomatoes are said to be good for the heart. They're both red, and they both got that round shape to them. Celery, it's said to be good for the bones. When you think about a celery stick, it resembles our arms and our legs. We practice sympathetic magic a lot more than you'd think. Take for example Christians. Why do they wear their cross necklaces? Because they believe it's symbolic of Jesus Christ, who was said to have died for our sins. He offers salvation and protection against all evil. It's sympathetic magic. Why are crucifixes and Bibles used in exorcisms? Because it's sympathetic magic. When I was younger and went to Mass as a Catholic, I participated in the Holy Communion. Even then I was practicing sympathetic magic. The only difference is I wasn't aware of what I was doing. I only knew that the little wafer was supposed to symbolize the body of Jesus Christ. But when we consume the body and or the blood of Jesus Christ, we are allowing him into our lives and we are accepting the Christ essence to align ourselves with him and eventually achieve Christ consciousness and reach enlightenment. And in terms of magic, this is what you do when you work with either color magic or planetary magic or candle magic. And so for the most part, I would say that most magic is sympathetic magic, but not all. Some magic is all energy. For example, pop magic. It consists of becoming aware of your emotions and transmuting your emotions and projecting it out into the universe in order to obtain whatever it is that you desire. But I don't want to digress, so back to sympathetic magic. The second part deals with the law of contact and or contagion, meaning anything you do to a material object will equally affect the person with whom that object was once in contact with, whether it formed part of his body or not. So for example, if you have a sweater or a book that that specific person was in contact with, you can use those objects in your magical operations to influence and or have a desired effect upon that person. You can also do it with parts of their body. I mean, pieces of hair or nail clippings, blood and or urine, and which is actually how some magicians protect themselves. Some practitioners will bury a bottle of their urine or a box with their nail clippings or hair. They will bury them either outside of their home or away from their home to protect themselves against magical and or psychic attacks. This way, whoever is trying to inflict harm against them, the attack will target 
either the urine or the nail clippings or the hair pieces because it's tied to that person. It's a form of protection and a way to deter those psychic attacks. Some practitioners might even use the tooth or a claw of a dangerous animal to use it as a protective talisman. Things that resemble each other will energetically impact one another because they share an essence that is unbreakable. So you see, sympathetic magic can be used and practiced every single day. In fact, most of us already are. It's just that some of us aren't aware of it. Keep in mind that magic begins when you clarify your goals and start to focus your energy and intention towards them. Guys, I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode. And if you have any questions or if there are any comments or if there is any feedback that you'd like to share, please go ahead and reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. And or you can friend me on Instagram and or on TikTok. Same handle, it's lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. There are a few new things that I have added on there, so please go ahead and check that out. And before I go, also a quick shout out to FTP Finding the Paranormal. Thank you guys for leaving me an amazing review on Apple Podcasts. I truly appreciate it because, as you know, it helps out the show immensely. And thank you everyone for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.